Welcome to Anchor Point, where we believe that the next 30 minutes could change your life forever. So join us to consider the greatest message ever heard, the good news of the gospel, as well as sound scriptural teaching for believers, all based on the Word of God, the anchor for our souls. The Lord Jesus Christ was and is the most truly unique person in the universe. He was and is the one and only Son of God. From his unique conception to his unique death, there was never anybody like him on any level. He was the only sinless man who ever lived. He had no regrets, no weaknesses, and no failures, not at all like ourselves. And there was never another like him in his unparalleled empathy and matchless love. No one could compare with him in his miraculous power and complete wisdom. Of course, his death on the cross was totally unique. He was the one and only bearer of sin. And then there's his marvelous resurrection. Who else could raise themselves from the dead? Speaker Dan Shutt takes up all of these wonderful qualities of the Savior. But there is one more. Jesus is also the only one who can save us from our sins. We must consider him if we want to be set free from sin and bondage. There is no one else. Mr. Shutt elaborates. Now I'd like to ask you to turn if you have a Bible. If not, just listen in. And so our text tonight is going to be John chapter 3 and verse 16. Let me read it for you. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. I'm so glad that I have the privilege of even reading a verse like that with you tonight, because this verse has been the source of great blessing to many. I'd like to read it again, perhaps in my words or in language that may be more accessible. It goes like this. This is the way that God loves the world. He gave his unique son so that everyone who depends on him will not perish, but have everlasting life. We were thinking about the tremendous subject of the love of God. We thought, first of all, about the source of that love, that there is love that comes from heaven and that comes from God himself. What a wonderful message that God loves us. And then we thought about love's subjects, who God loves. And we were reminded that God does not merely love those who love him in return. He loves those who are against him, who are rebellious against him. When we read that God so loves the world, it embraces every human that has ever lived. And then we thought a little about love's sacrifice, because we were reminded that love is not talk, love is action. And we gauge the great, eternal, infinite love of God by what he did. 
And of course, that great gift that he made of his son when he gave him to Calvary to suffer and to become our Savior. Last of all, we thought about the sweetness of that love and how wonderful it is to trust in the Lord Jesus and discover the joy of forgiveness and of everlasting life. Now, tonight I want to turn to a second subject from this glorious verse. Because we have been reading together that God so loved the world that he gave his one and only, his only begotten, or perhaps best of all, he gave his unique son. In other words, this verse is asserting that when God sent his son, And when God gave his son, he was giving a gift. He was sending a person that was unlike anyone else. You know, I think it's very important, and I'm going to spend time tonight, just very simply speaking about the uniqueness of the Lord Jesus. I think, in a sense, it is a mistake to begin the gospel by saying to people, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. You say, well, that's in the Bible, isn't it? Yes, it is. But the issue is simply this. If you don't know who Jesus Christ is, then why should you depend on him? I might as well preach that you should depend on Winston Churchill, or you should believe on Julius Caesar. The gospel really begins with the uniqueness of the person that we're presenting. And when you realize how unique, how wonderful, how he is the one and only son, then you will understand that he is worthy of your acceptance. He is worthy to be believed. He is reliable and dependable, and you can trust him. So I want to talk about the uniqueness of the Lord Jesus tonight. And I want to take it from this beautiful text in John 3.16. For God so loved the world that he gave his unique son. I want to speak first of all, when I think about the Lord Jesus, about his unique conception, his unique coming into the world. His conception was supernatural and divine. He was born of a virgin. The angel said to Mary, the Holy Ghost shall come upon thee. And the power of the highest shall overshadow thee. That holy thing which shall be born of thee shall be called the Son of God. I want to very clearly state that no one else ever came into the world like this. The Bible tells us that God prepared a body for him. And so tonight, like Paul, we exclaim, great is the mystery of godliness. God is manifest in flesh. And that is why John tells us that the word became flesh and dwelt among us. He came to live with us. And so the coming of the Lord Jesus into the world was absolutely unique and absolutely like none other. But I want you to think about his unique life. Because you see, there was never a man that lived like this man. You see, the one who is immaculate in his conception was also absolutely impeccable in his life and in his character. He made no mistakes. He had no regrets. He offered no apologies. As a baby, he never cried 
a lie. As a teenager, he never disobeyed his father, whether his earthly father or his heavenly father. As a young man, he never failed. He had no regrets. He offered no apologies. He never failed in any way. His desires and his duties were always perfectly in keeping with the will of God. You know, most of us, even though we may do well in other areas of our life, we ultimately sin with our lips. And yet there was a man that James tells us that there was a man who came into the world and he never did anything wrong. His enemies were compelled to say, no one ever spake like this man. And so when we think not only about the coming into the world of the Lord Jesus, we want to be reminded that he lived a unique life. His life was irreproachable. His character was unassailable. He was holy. He was spotless. He was pure. And to use the words that come from the Old Testament from Solomon's pride, he is altogether lovely. But if we have thought that no man ever came into the world like the Lord Jesus, and no one ever lived like the Lord Jesus, I want to tell you about his unique sympathy, because there was no one who ever cared like the Lord Jesus. My dear friend tonight, let me tell you that there was never a more tender heart than that of Jesus Christ. His empathy and his sympathy were unparalleled. Our grief became his grief. Our sorrows he reckoned as his own. He was a man of sorrows. And it was not merely that he had sorrows occasionally. His life was a life of sorrows. He carried our sorrows. When we sighed, he sighed. And when we groaned, he groaned in sympathy with us. John reminds us that Jesus wept. Oh, what unprecedented love. You know, when I speak about the tenderness of the Lord Jesus, I'm always reminded of an old hymn that we used to sing. There's not a friend like the lowly Jesus. No, not one. But you know, with that unique sympathy, there came wonderful relief. His miracles stand without parallel in the history of humanity. Modern medicine stands humbled and amazed in the presence of his amazing and extraordinary curative powers. Blindness and deafness and dumbness and lameness all yielded to his word and to his touch. Hunger and fever and leprosy and paralysis all fled before him. Sickness was healed. Sorrow was removed. Death was reversed. My, what a wonderful, tender, sympathetic Savior. But I want to think and spend just a few minutes on this most important point. He was not only unique in his sympathy for us. No one ever cared like the Lord Jesus. But he was unique in his suffering. No one ever suffered like this man. You know, I say that very advisedly because I'm well aware that there are people in this world and they suffer terribly. You know, there are people who are suffering tonight with starvation. There are people tonight suffering with incurable disease. There are people racked with terrible things. But I'm going to say again, and I hope with clarity and yet with sympathy, there was no one who ever suffered like Jesus Christ. He was called the man of sorrows. 
He was despised, Isaiah tells us, and rejected of men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. We hid, as it were, our faces from him. He was despised, and we esteemed him not. He suffered from the unbelief of his own family. Even his brothers did not believe on him. He suffered isolation and loneliness. The psalmist tells us that he was like a lonely sparrow on the roof of a house. And listen to his words. These come from Psalm 69. Thou hast known my reproach and my shame and my dishonor. Mine adversaries are all before thee. Reproach hath broken my heart, and I am full of heaviness. I looked for some to take pity, and there was none, and for comforters, and I found none. But I want to tell you that the suffering of his life was nothing like the suffering that he endured as he came to the end of his life. There was the suffering of his arrest and his trial. He was smitten with the fist. He was struck with the rod. There were thorns that were pressed upon his brow. As man expressed their hatred for the Son of God. I want to tell you his appearance, again to quote the prophet Isaiah, was so marred beyond human resemblance and his form more than the children of mankind. What suffering he endured in his arrest and in his trial. But I want to speak to you tonight about the sufferings of the cross, because this is the very heart of the Christian message. Isaiah tells us it was God's will to crush him and to cause him to suffer. Listen to the words of the Lord Jesus. I am poured out like water and my bones are out of joint. My heart is like wax. It is melted in the midst of my bowels. My strength is dried up like a potsherd, and my tongue cleaveth to my jaws. Thou hast brought me into the dust of death. Oh, what suffering he endured. Oh, what wrath fell upon him as the judgment of God descended upon him as a result of our sin. Why did that happen? If this is God's beloved son, if this is the unique one that he has loved and cherished and appreciated from eternity, why would God crush him? Why would God cause him to suffer so? Listen again to the words of Isaiah 53. He was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. And with his stripes, we are healed. I tell you tonight, the unique sufferings of Christ are precious to every believing heart. And if you're not a Christian tonight, we point you away to Calvary to see a man enduring what rightly belonged to us. I love the words of Jane Hall. She wrote this hymn many years ago in Brattleboro, Vermont. And its words are precious to believers tonight. The many sorrows that he bore, and oh, the crown of thorns he wore, that I might live forevermore, is more than tongue can tell. But if we speak of his unique sympathy, no one ever cared like Jesus. And if we think about his unique suffering, no one ever endured suffering like him. Let me speak for a moment or two about his unique death. Because no man 
ever died like Jesus Christ. You know, there are innumerable human beings that have expired since time began, billions, likely trillions of people. But the death of Jesus Christ was an absolutely unique death. Let me give you just a few ideas to mull over in your mind. You see, all the rest of us were essentially born to live. But here was a man who was destined to die. He said himself that this is the cause for which I was born. He came into this world to die as a substitute for sinners. Other men have died the same form of death, that is crucifixion. In fact, there were thieves, two thieves, who died on either side. But here was a man who died for a very different purpose. He died so that you and I might have eternal life. Other men, like the thieves, died for their own sins. But here was a man who was dying for the sins of others. Some men take their own lives. But the Lord Jesus was the one who laid down his life as a substitutionary sacrifice. And of course, the words of the hymn underline that for us, bearing shame and scoffing rude. In my place condemned, he stood, sealed my pardon with his blood. Hallelujah. What a savior. The last unique thing about his death, and I want you all to get this, please, before I'm finished, please don't miss this point. Everyone who dies leaves something that is incomplete. May I tell you the words of Christ as he laid down his life upon the cross. He said, it is finished. Everything that he came to do, absolutely done. And tonight, we implore you to rest your soul, to rest your eternal future on one who finished in his death the work of salvation. Just a couple other points, and then I'm going to be finished. I want to think about his unique resurrection, because no one ever rose from the dead like Jesus Christ. I'm well aware that the Bible tells about people who rose from the dead. But you see, every one of those people died again. Uh, Lazarus, for example, in the Gospel of John is raised by the word of Christ. But Lazarus is not living today. He has died and he is now in heaven, we believe. But listen to the words of the Lord Jesus. He said, I have power to lay down my life. And I have power to take it up again. And the one who died on Calvary and the one who is buried in the tomb is the one who lives tonight in the power of an indestructible life. You know, I'm going to tell you that Christianity makes a claim that no other religion makes or can make. Jesus Christ is alive. What a wonderful resurrection. And we love to sing up from the grave. He arose with a mighty triumph for his foes. He arose a victor from the dark domain and he lives forever with his saints to reign. He arose. He arose. Hallelujah. Christ arose. And so what have we gone over tonight? Well, we have thought about the, the mystery of his incarnation. God manifest in flesh. We have thought about the ministry of his grace, his sympathy, his tenderness, his willingness to bear our sorrows. We have thought about the misery of the cross and all that he experienced. 
as the wrath of God fell upon him. But I want to tell you about the majesty of his exaltation. He's alive tonight, and he is the one who has a unique power. This is my last point, because there is no one who can save like this man. You know, in a couple of occasions in the gospel, there is a wonderful story about the Lord Jesus healing of a man who is very sick. And this is what Matthew 9 and Mark chapter 2 tells us. These are the words of Christ himself, that you may know that the Son of Man has power on earth to forgive sin. Dear friend, tonight, I don't know what your religious background is. I don't know what your philosophical inclinations are. I don't know what your training or your spiritual understanding is. Let me make some very clear statements. There is no church that can forgive sin. There is no clergyman that can forgive sin. There is no philosophy or way of life that forgives sin. Let me just tell you very simply, Jesus Christ alone can forgive your sin. And so that's what we preach tonight. We preach a crucified Christ, a Christ who suffered for sin, a Christ who died for sin, and a Christ tonight who can forgive all your sins. Let me say this very personally, as if I were sitting just across from you in your living room or in your dining room, regardless of your background, regardless of your spiritual history, regardless of your sin and all that you have done that you know that offends God, let me tell you that you can be forgiven and saved because Jesus Christ, he can forgive, he can save, he can bless you inestimably tonight. And so that's why Fanny Crosby wrote that beautiful hymn, A Wonderful Savior is Jesus my Lord, a wonderful Savior to me. Almost 60 years ago, I trusted Jesus Christ as my Savior. I discovered forgiveness, and I discovered peace with God. I discovered joy within my soul. I discovered a relationship with Jesus Christ that will never end. And I tell you, I just love him tonight, and I commend him to you. And I trust that as we read these words, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten, his unique son, that you might understand that God is presenting a unique Savior, one that you can trust, one that you can depend on, one that will save you and save you for all eternity. Yes, none can compare to Jesus Christ, the only begotten, the unique Son of God. What a wonderful Savior he is, my friend. To miss him is to miss the whole purpose that God has in store for you. To miss him is to be separated from God eternally. He loves you and died to save you. You may choose whatever religion or religious figure you want. No one else has done for you what Christ has done. So come to this unique one today, won't you? If this or any of our Bible messages here at Anchor Point has made you aware of God's interest in you, or if you would like some literature that would help you understand these important truths, why don't you drop us a line at anchorpointradio at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. We're glad you were able to join us at Anchor Point today. Anchor Point is sponsored by believers in Christ who are meeting at various gospel halls 
Each of these Christian assemblies holds gospel services every Sunday, as well as other meetings such as regular prayer and Bible studies throughout the week. If you've been challenged by today's message and would like to know more about the truth of the gospel or of gathering unto the name of the Lord Jesus Christ following New Testament principles, take a look at our Anchor Point website at anchorpointradio.com. There you will find more information as well as the location, programs, and meeting schedules for the gathering center nearest you. Our Anchor Point messages are also available for listening and download at anchorpointradio.com. My name is Glenn Todd. Thank you once again for listening, and we invite you to join us again next week at the same time for Anchor Point, where we believe that Christ alone is the anchor for the soul. <music>